This is the Academic Survival Podcast, and I'm your host, Dr. Chandra McDonald. Statistics show that approximately 40% of students drop out of college every year. In fact, nearly 30% drop out their first year. Well, I am on a mission to improve these stats. I feel like in college, there are times where, you know, we want to make sure we're succeeding in, of course, our schoolwork. We want to make sure that we're succeeding in our friendships. We want to make sure we're succeeding in our extracurricular activities. If you're involved in various clubs or organizations and things like that on campus. But making sure that you prioritize yourself and your mental health, putting in practice like a self-care day. (laughs) I know it's tough in college. And, you know, sometimes we don't have the money to put in a self-care day, but, you know. That's Bria Edgar, a school psychologist turned mental health therapist. On this episode of Academic Survival, we talk about the importance of prioritizing mental health and self-care. And she even shares tips for finding the right therapist. Join us as we explore her college journey and her path to becoming a full-time therapist. Stay tuned. Hello, and welcome to the Academic Survival Podcast. Today, I have with me Bria Edgar, who is a school psychologist, but she's also an associate professional clinical counselor. So she is going to be on the show today, and we're going to hear about her academic journey as well as what she's doing in the counseling field currently. So Bria, welcome to the show. Hi, (laughs) how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm so excited to be here. So excited to talk about some of my journey. Yes, yes. So let's dive in. First, tell us about your school. Where did you go to college? Okay, so I always say that my uh, school journey is a little different than (laughs) most people. So I actually went to college. Uh, This is kind of a a fun fact that I always share with um, people whenever there's like two truths and a lie or a fun fact about yourself, but I went to college in three different states for undergrad, which is very random. I know, (laughs) very random, but I actually, um, when I first graduated from high school, I went straight to the University of Arizona, and that was a huge reason for that was because my dad played basketball at the University of Arizona, and it was just always a part of my life growing up, so I I had always dreamed of going to the University of Arizona, Um, but then I went there, and it was not for me. (laughs) (laughs) did not like it. How, how uh, long did you, so, how long were you there before you realized it wasn't I was for you? I was there for one semester before I realized it was not for me. Um, and I think that was good for me at that time because, you know, if I were to have stayed there for two years and then I decided it wasn't for me, then it maybe would have been <clears throat> not the best, but I was, yeah, only there for one semester. And then I decided my family and I kind of made the, the tough decision. It wasn't an easy decision at that time. And I was a little bit you know, because it was also very expensive. There's a lot of other factors, but ultimately it wasn't for me. And so then I came back to California, which is where I grew up, and I went to Mount Sac, which is a community college, and it was a really great in-between for me mm-hmm. um, as I was transitioning from um, one four-year university um, to another since I did want to uh, go to a four-year university. And I ended up, as I was at Mount Sac visiting the school in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which is Oral Roberts University. Okay. <laughs> and I know, whenever I tell people I went to school in Oklahoma, they're like, wait, what? Why? <laughs> Usually my <laughs> California. <laughs> whenever I think of Oklahoma, I think of Oklahoma red dirt. 
<laughs> oh yeah, the door is very wet red there. Um, but yeah, so it was um pretty much it was an interesting way I ended up there, but I had a family member that also had gone there and I was convinced to go visit on a college weekend, which this is a lot of people that went to um, ORU, my school, their story. But I went to college weekend and I fell in love with the school. Um, My faith was a big part of my life or still is a big part of my life um, growing up. And I felt like I knew that this was a place I could, you know, really grow in my faith while also growing in my education journey, of course. So I ended up going to Oral Roberts University, mm-hmm. and I was there for three years, and I graduated on time, which was amazing. I had um, an amazing experience with the staff. I had um, various mentors there, and I, I grew, like I said, a lot in my faith journey. Um, I went on two mission trips through my college, actually, to India wow. and also Malawi, Africa. So that was a really great time for me that wow. I, I personally don't know if I would have gotten a similar experience um, at any other school. So I definitely think that I really appreciated my time there. Um, so yes, I really, I really enjoyed my time while I was at, uh, Oral Roberts University. And then after, uh, right before I actually went to India, um, on my missions trip, I, I applied to, or I, yeah, I applied to, uh, Azusa Pacific University out here in California, mm-hmm. um, for their school psychology grad graduate program. And so after I applied to that program, I didn't hear from them back right away, but I ended up finally hearing from them when I got back from my trip and I interviewed and then I finally got into the school just a few weeks before school started. (laughs) So after I ended up getting into the school, I obviously, I ended up attending and I pretty much, I, I graduated in the three years that is allotted. And then after that, I have now been a school psychologist for five years. And then one thing that I also did, which I did a lot of schooling, but <laughs> while, I was, while I was in school to be a school psychologist, I also kind of wanted a backup plan because school psychology is a really um, demanding field. Hmm. And so I knew I wanted a backup plan. Um, I did extra coursework to also be able to become a mental health therapist. <clears throat> so the coursework that I did... Um, basically was gave me a little bit more focus in mental health and um, clinical work. And I did that uh, in my, my last year. So um, I am currently kind of transitioning also into being a, a therapist, mental health therapist, which is why I have my APCC now. But I do have to get my hours separately than I got my hours for school psychology. So that is currently the journey that I am on now where I'm kind of continuing in my education as I'm building my hours um, to be a licensed therapist. Oh, great. Well, that's, yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. So I have a couple questions about your your three different schools. So when you, when you were at um, University of Arizona and then when you went to Oral Roberts University, like what were the, what were the differences for you that made you realize this is a better fit versus where mm. you were? Uh, that's a, Great question because there were, I feel like there are multiple differences. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the main things that I always say is <coughs> University of Arizona mm-hmm. is a very big school. I can't remember the amount of people that were there at the time, but it was a significant amount of people. Um, and I want to say it was literally like one, it was like 10 times as big as Oral Roberts University. Oh, wow. The school that I, ended up at. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really want to say there is like 
30,000 to 40,000 people at University of Arizona. And then at Oral Roberts University, there's 4,000 in attendance. Wow. So That's a me, huge difference. It's a very big difference. For me, just knowing what I needed in my education. And I, I was never a straight-A student, especially not until probably about the end of high school. I, I did do pretty well like my last couple years of high school after um, being an avid and getting a lot of um, support. But I needed much more individualized instruction. Like if I was in a lecture hall, I was not going to be focused. Mm. (laughs) But if I was in a classroom with 30 people, we were able to kind of have discussions and really really have that um, hands-on experience to my learning, then I would do much, much better. So I, I knew when I went to University of Arizona that I wasn't going to be able to succeed as well when I was in some of those very large classrooms, things like that. And that was a huge factor in my transition. Also, the diversity. <laughs> the mm-hmm. diversity was pretty um, – There, it was not as diverse at University of Arizona for um, my experience, which shockingly, at the school that I ended up in in Oklahoma was much more diverse than the University of Arizona. Huh. Um, Yeah, it was the school that I went to actually had people from all over various nations too represented. Um, Many people don't know who Oral Roberts is, but Oral Roberts was a televangelist. He's considered one of the first televangelists. And um, there are people that came to his school from all over the world. So I met people, I had friends that were from um, Costa Rica or friends that were from Zimbabwe and friends that were from... um, the Bahamas. I had various, various friends from a ton of different locations. And so Oral Roberts was um, a little bit of a better fit when it comes to the diversity. It wasn't, of course, never things perfect Mm -hmm. for sure, but it definitely had a little bit more of those two things that I really needed. Mm. Um, more diverse group while also having much more class, uh, better class environment, classroom environments for myself. Wow. So you mentioned some really key things there. So as far as, you know, current freshmen, just recognizing what's a good fit for you, you know? Yeah. And, um, and then with your major being psychology, tell me, Mm -hmm. tell me about that, that choice and how did that play in being at that, at that institution, you know? Yeah. So when I first started school, um, I just always found psychology to be so interesting. Um, When I was in high school, I took a psychology class my senior year. And after I took that class, I knew that it was something I wanted to major in because there was just so much information. And then really, I mean, there's so many ways you can go after majoring in psychology. Sometimes people say it's too broad. um, But for me, it was perfect because I really just got to understand a little bit of how our minds work. Um... I was so interested in various mental health issues, too, at the time. Um, I took an abnormal psychology class and uh, in one of my, my first year, I believe, at Oral Roberts University. And that class really helped me to understand, like, hey, you know, there's certain physical um, issues we go through. And that's recognized, you know, like heart disease or high blood pressure and things like that. But when it comes to mental health issues, sometimes it's not thought as the, as the same. Mm. Which it is, of course. I mean, when your brain isn't functioning properly or there's things that are not firing your brain at times that they're supposed to, then there are things that might impact you in some of your day-to-day living skills. So after I learned about that, I really just wanted to – I loved that focus and Mm -hmm. just being able to 
you know, really see how someone's brain works and how we can use really various coping skills and, you know, certain things to kind of process through some of those issues, just like we would with like medication or something like that if we were right. to have high blood pressure. Right. So I thought that was so interesting when I was in college and that was kind of what, what made me kind of solidify my decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and that wasn't really solidified for sure right away in college, but it did solidify, of course, before um, like my junior year or so after I kind of took some of those classes and yeah. Yeah. So based upon, you know, your experience and what you know now, are mm-hmm. there any um, mental health tips that you might recommend for college students or college freshmen? Yeah. Um, I want to think of my own journey when it mm-hmm. comes to my mental health in college. College was a tough time. <laughs> college is not an easy time. And that's something that I think a lot of people... <laughs> We kind of forget that college is not easy. And I think a lot of our students that are in college nowadays, sometimes they'll be going through things and having certain experiences, depending on, you know, their tough caseload or workload, while also having a lot of social obligations. Mm. (laughs) And yeah, we don't, I don't think we give them the credit for how difficult some of that is. So I definitely have so many tips, but one thing that I definitely would want to say is prioritize yourself for sure. Mm. I feel like in college, there are times where, you know, we want to make sure we're succeeding in, of course, our schoolwork. We want to make sure that we're succeeding in our friendships. We want to make sure we're succeeding in our extracurricular activities. If you're involved in various clubs or organizations and things like that on campus, but making sure that you prioritize yourself and your mental health, putting in practice like a self-care day. <laughs> I know it's tough in college and, you know, sometimes we don't have the money to put in a self-care day, but <laughs> you don't need to have the money to put in a self-care day. So I, what I does that, so what does that, so, okay, I want to back up to prioritizing self. What does that look like? Yeah. Well, I think one of the first things that I always think of is, well, I, like I said, self-care, but also okay. checking in on yourself to know when you need to do that. So really... Maybe, I mean, when it comes to prioritizing yourself, have a time throughout the week that you don't have anything scheduled where you're able to kind of do something that is of interest for yourself. Also, if you're somebody that um, needs times with friends or needs needs time with your family, scheduling a time during your week to to do that so you can remind yourself of what the purpose is for why you're there and what you're in what you're doing. And I mean, there's various types of college students. There's those that are commuters. There's people that are living on campus. And I think there's, you know, so many different experiences while you're in college. Mm -hmm. But just remember um, that no matter what that is, to make sure that you, whatever is difficult for you, that you're actually trying to find time to, yeah, remember what your purpose is and why you're doing what you're doing. I like that. Yeah. Especially um, scheduling yourself and like checking in with yourself. I find Mm -hmm. that literally setting aside a day where your name is literally on your calendar so yeah. that you can uh, so that you can feel comfortable saying no I'm I'm booked that day <laughs> yeah cuz cuz it's very easy to forget and it's very easy to allow someone else's needs for some people yeah. it's very easy to allow someone else's needs to crowd out you know the the, the time that you have for yourself if, yeah. it's, if it's not literally blocked out on your on your calendar. Yeah. And 
I think that was something that I really had a hard time with while I was in school. Mm-hmm. As I've, you know, grown older, I've I've done a much better job with that. But I know that when I was in school, I would definitely work out a lot a lot um, on campus because I had access to the gym. Mm-hmm. And that time, just being able to walk on the treadmill or just be able to um, take a walk outside just by myself to be able to remember and like for me too prayer was a big part of my journey so um to spend time by myself to do what I needed to do to make sure I would able to I was able to refocus yeah and also like recognizing like what do you need to help yourself refocus um so for some people it might be prayer for some people it might be journaling for some people it might be taking time to like I said meet with friends or family to kind of um, just check in with them and for them to check in with you and for you to check in with yourself. Yeah. You yeah. know, when you talked about going to the gym and scheduling mm-hmm. that time, like, you know, exercise is definitely a good tool for yeah. um, mental health. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I did was I literally took classes that were um, in the physical education, you know, phys- physical education courses yes. so that I had to go, like I had to work out. So I enrolled in an aerobics class because I was like, hey, you know, I'm I'm gonna get I'm gonna use some of my my tuition, um, you know, yeah. to actually take take these other these other classes. And so I took a semester of aerobics and then when I tried uh-huh. to take it and then when I tried to take it again, it was like you already have credit for this class. <laughs> So like you can't really take it again, but I was able to do what's considered like auditing the class, which means that I'm trying to, I don't recall if I had to still pay for it, but um, basically it's taking the class, but not having to get a grade for it, which meant I didn't have to take the exam. So literally I took aerobics when I was in college. I took karate. I did weight training. Like I tried to make sure that I added a PE class. Yeah. As part of my my semester workload. Yeah. When I was in school, actually, it was a requirement for us to take a PE class every oh. semester. Oh, <laughs> yes. wow. It was a requirement. So I definitely actually worked out a lot more in college. I need to work out more now. But I was really we had to we had to because it was a grade for me to make sure that I was um, consistent and in the class. And, and also we would have a final at the end of the year. Uh, or at the end of every semester where we would have to run a mile. Mm-hmm. And so honestly, studying and doing homework, instead of doing that, I'd have to like, okay, let me go to the gym so I can make sure that by the end of the semester, I'm able to run this mile or to walk this mile in a decent amount of time. Wow. So yeah, it was actually, it was a requirement for my college. And I think that that really helped me understand the importance of not only, you know, our mental health, of course, but for our mental health to be strong, sometimes that means also working on our physical health. And to the feeling that you get after working out and making sure that you're active, it really, I mean, it, it does make a difference. Sometimes, you know, we hate to say it, but exercise makes a difference in your mental health. It really does. It really does. There would be times yeah. when I was when I was um, just trying to solve a problem, right? A life, a life problem. And I tell you, a couple, a couple trips around the track, and I'm like, I know what I'm gonna do now. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, same. Honestly, it's it, it helps your kind of just helps everything to kind of run a little bit more smoothly and to release some of the chemicals in your brain to actually kind of really just have think on a little bit more of a clearer mind, which is great. So when you um, talk about self-care, what would can you share with us some of your self-care practices? Yes, of course. 
Um, I think one of my, I mean, right now at the stage of my life, I uh-huh. have a dog. Uh-huh. And <laughs> one of my biggest self-care um, things, well, one of the biggest parts for me that I kind of make sure I'm implementing in my week and honestly, most days is walks with my dog. Um, also, too, when I say checking in with myself and sometimes, like I said, for certain people, that's very that could be different. I do not like journaling. I don't like really writing, but I do. <laughs> I don't like it. I've never, I've like, I've never really liked journaling, but I know that that's worked for a lot of people. Um, for myself, it's more so like verbal processing with my friends and my family. Mm. So at the end of every work day, I definitely have a friend, someone that I want to call and check in with and just see how they're doing. Cause I really do like to hear from my friends and how, how they're, um, they're able to um, they're able to kind of check in with me and then I'm able to check in with them and sometimes they're able to kind of call things out on me maybe that I'm not even noticing. Mm. Um, yeah. And then, of course, too, um, I do have a therapist I meet with monthly at this time. So that also really helps me, of course, being able to check in with a therapist um, and prioritize some of those some of those needs that I might have um, when it comes to my own mental health, of course. Yeah. Uh, and then of course, too, I mean, there's, especially in college, but in any time of your life, there's so many, there's so many things that you really should try your best to implement on a daily basis. No, no matter what, however much you can, one thing that we all struggle with is maybe sleeping a good amount of time. <laughs> for me, yeah, for me, when I'm not sleeping well, I am not performing well. So I really try to make sure I'm getting um, a good enough sleep every night. And, you know, this is for myself, some of the things that I have to implement just to make sure that I'm I'm able to function as my best self throughout um, every day. Yes. So, yeah. Let yeah. Me t- and, let me, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Go ahead. What were you about to say? No, I was going to say one more. Co- one oh, more no, thing go ahead. For myself. Um, one thing that I always would get so frustrated with when my therapist would um, check in with me and when I'm having a hard time with, uh, if I'm, ha- if I'm really stressed or overwhelmed, just stopping to actually breathe and think like, Hey, is this really the worst? <laughs> Whatever's going on in my life, is this the worst it could be? Is it realistic that I'm going to get through this problem? Is it realistic that I'm going to be able to overcome the situation? And for me, um, just being able to stop and really process and think, what am I going through? Um, is my reaction that I'm having appropriate at this time? And of course, every reaction is valid. And um, but of course, knowing that there are always next steps for you to get through some whatever situation you're going through. And even if it seems like there's not, just being able to just ca- have a mechanism to calm yourself down and learn how to cope in that moment. That's one thing I definitely implement on a daily basis, because let's be real, there's things that I experience and that I'm sure everybody experiences every day that are a little stressful. So, yeah. Oh, man. This is so good. Like, yeah. <laughs> so first of all, you 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 said a lot there. So uh, verbal processing, I think mm-hmm. it's something that um, I, I do, but I didn't realize that that's what I was doing until you said that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> verbal processing. So that's a thing, yay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I knew about sleep. I completely knew about sleep. And let me tell you, I have a really bad, gosh, how do do I want to say this? The difference between me sleeping, getting the the proper amount of sleep and and not 
is huge. It's like genius level huge. It's I am not I am not the same person. Yeah. I can wake up and literally rapid fire process like I can almost I say this jokingly, I can answer your question before you ask it. Like I am <laughs> I am on it. But yeah. when I um when I haven't had sufficient sleep, I can't even really just getting ready for work in the morning, like figuring out like, okay, what do I need to do now? Like what's next? Oh, I think I should wash my face. Like my, <laughs> I, I can't even get my routine down right when I don't yeah. have sufficient sleep. And one really scary story is, um, you know, they say that like when you don't have enough sleep, that it's equivalent to being drunk. Oh yeah. So yeah, we call I it like that. sleep drunk. And yes. I remember I experienced my very first all nighter was when I was in my doctoral program. I, I went oh. through bachelor's and master's, n not ever having to do an all-nighter. <laughs> I had to pull an all-nighter in, in my doctoral program. And that in, that was like literally up the end. I mean, it's an all-nighter, so obviously I was up all night. But when I got in the car to drive to campus, my brain wasn't functioning right. And I, re and I clearly remember confusing my rear view mirror with my side view mirror. And not realizing that the car that I thought was behind me was actually next to me and oh, was no. getting ready to change lanes on like, and I don't know what got my attention. I don't know if I, if they honked at me or what the deal was. And I was like, oh, this is dangerous. Now I understand like why they compare it to being drunk. I just couldn't process just the yeah. different, the different mirrors. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. And I was definitely the same. I took some... Definitely had some all-nighters in college. They were not good for me yeah. at all. Again, yeah. you know, that's why, though, it's important to make sure you're, you know, prioritizing your time well so you don't have to do those things. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. saying no to certain things so you don't have to do those things. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then, um, so you said verbal processing, sleeping, and then um, breathing. like Yes. And taking that time to... Mm -hmm. ask the questions and like is this an appropriate yeah. response <laughs> yeah is a, a good one <laughs> and you know when sometimes when I say is it appropriate response people are like well maybe it's not but don't invalidate what you're feeling too because it's important to feel whatever emotions you need to feel of course depending on what you're going through but then after you kind of experience that um depending on what you what situation you're in you know take the next uh, the best next step that you feel like would be appropriate then. Um, but actually stopping to think and being like, okay, what, what I'm feeling is valid. What I'm feeling is okay. But now I need to, you know, move on and let's try to finish this assignment, yeah. you know, or um, deal with this conflict I'm having with my roommate or my friend. So, yeah. And when I say breathing too, it's one of my favorite things to remind people of. Because breathing is, we all know how to breathe, right? But do we really know how to breathe? <laughs> That's what I say to, to my, my students uh, that I work with and some of my clients. Do we really know? And people are very surprised the difference. And like, yeah, when I really realized how I need to just stop to breathe, it made such a difference in their life. Um, and I say the same thing for myself. So when I say that, I want to give an example. Okay. When I say that too, is like, if you are experiencing a lot of anxiety or stress um, and you feel like you can't really think clearly um, and you just need time to kind of recenter yourself mm -hmm. 
I always recommend just stopping to take like a mindful moment in your day and just sometimes I search up mindful video mindfulness videos online or if you just on your on your own want to take 10 deep breaths and the way I do that is I breathe in through my like nose walk for me walk me through it walk me through it yeah, I'll, do, I can. I'll do it okay. right now I'll, let's you know, do, I'll it. do it right now. I'll okay so what I would say, you know, say with my client, if I'm having to walk them through, I'd say, okay, so we're going to take a mindful moment. All right. And I want you to close your eyes. Okay. And we're just going to really um, quickly take 10 deep breaths, mm-hmm. um, which we'll probably do a little less than 10 right now. But okay. <laughs> I would say breathe in through your nose for four seconds. Ready? Breathe in. Two, three, four. Hold it. And out. Two, three, four. Breathe in. Two, three, four. And hold it. And breathe out. Two, three, four. So I do that a lot of times throughout my day. <laughs> and I, not a lot. I shouldn't say a lot, but I definitely will take like two deep breaths a lot during my day. But um, sometimes I will do the full 10 if I'm really having a hard time, Um, which is, I mean, good. But then sometimes, too, if you want to go on YouTube and find, like, mindfulness moments so you can just take that time to really have a pause in your day, calm yourself down, recenter, and then move on. Yeah. I love it. I I can – I'm going (laughs) to – I'm joking. I'm joking when I say this, but I'm going to try this in my next staff meeting. Like (laughs) – Yes. Do it. Honestly. (laughs) search mindful moment or mindfulness moments or whatever you need to, to kind of calm yourself down. Um, and then those are, it's always so relaxing. It could be an excuse to just like, <laughs> you can have an excuse during your day, but like, um, excuse me, don't talk to me. I'm taking a moment to myself right now. So I definitely think it's, um, it's great to implement. Okay. So verbal processing, sleeping and breathing. That's great. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. that's what- for myself, but of course I think, it's important for us to everybody to figure out what works for them too, of course. Mm-hmm. So some people, like I said, journaling does not work for me because I, I don't, well, it just has never worked, but it might work for, for another person. So yeah. 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 So you did mention that you had a therapist and so I would like to know from you, like any tips for college students, if they're looking for a therapist, what, you know, like, how did you find someone that that worked for you? Um, like, how did you, how yeah. do you know that's a good match? That's a really, really good question. Um, for me, I really got, I actually, I have Kaiser for my insurance. So I, I got lucky because the person that they placed me with was, was good. And I only meet with them like monthly. Um, I actually am, I might move out to somebody different, but I do have that option. You always have an option to switch um, or, and you should remember that if you're not clicking with your therapist, um, it should be okay to request someone different. Depending on mm. your insurance, of course, um, you might have to find make sure you find somebody that's in-network and that your insurance will cover. Or if you wanted to just pay uh, private pay, which is basically means you're paying somebody um, directly instead of going through your insurance, um, that is always an option too. But remember that you shouldn't feel – you should try your best to find somebody that you feel comfortable with, ultimately. That is – definitely should be your main priority when you're looking for a therapist you should there's usually if you're going through like a private practice you can sometimes call just to kind of do um an initial 
just like check in to see if you guys click or if you're clicking with that person. And again, like I said, though, depending on your insurance, some of those things might be a little bit difficult. I know. Yeah, I just I just know that <clears throat> no matter what, you should be able to kind of prioritize yourself in choosing a therapist and prioritizing what your needs are in a therapist, too. That's great. Yeah. So um, up till now, I've been asking you questions about like general advice for college students. Yeah. I have some specific questions about students who um, are psychology majors and want to get into either being a school psychologist or like you say, you right now, you have your APCC. Yes. So any tips on any tips for tips for those types of students who want to follow the steps that you have taken? Yeah. You know, I, I know I say this every question you ask, but that's a good question. <laughs> I, I definitely, I think it's important no matter what field you go into to actually speak to a person that's doing that job. Mm. Um, and maybe if you can speak to multiple people. When I became a school psychologist, I, I, I did not really speak to many people that were school psychologists. And I do kind of wish I did. Mm-hmm. And also wish that I would have spoken to therapists. Um, and when you're in college, you really start to learn what your work habits are, too, and what you really appreciate, like what classes you like, and try to really think about those things that you like in your classes, things that you have in your work habits that you want to have in a future job, um, and prioritize that when you're looking for a job. So being a school psychologist for me has been an amazing experience. I've been able to work with so many different students with disabilities, um, in special education, while also doing counseling, um, and also crisis intervention. Mm. Intervention in my school, uh, in the schools in my district. It has been such a great experience for me. But I will tell you, it, it's been a little bit tough. <laughs> Being a school psychologist was a little tough for me. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, I didn't realize as, as many assessments I would have to do or uh, instead of being able to work directly with students. But then there's those that are in my field that are also school psychologists that they, that is like, this is exactly what they knew they were coming into and they're, and it worked perfectly for them. I wanted to work a little bit more one-on-one with students and clients. Mm. So that's also why, um, you know, I did the backup plan while also I was able to become a therapist so I can have that one-on-one patient and therapist experience, I guess. So that's, what my next step is because I've realized that that's um, what I would rather want to do full time is to kind of have that one-on-one experience a little bit more than what I'm able to do as a school psychologist. So yeah, I would just say for any field, I would really talk to those people that are um, in that field and try to see like, okay, what are some things that I really want in my future career? And how can I kind of find what works in my current life and what I'm really good at right now? Um, and transition that into a career, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I definitely think that that's important to keep in mind. Um, for those that are in school to be a school psychologist, I definitely would want to say to them, um, you got this because, you know, it's definitely like, like I said, every, every job's tough, but especially when you're in college, it's very tough. Having <laughs> <laughs> to find internships and practicums and definitely having to complete the amount of hours that you need, that's that's always really, really tough. 
but you're going to make it through. Don't worry. You'll make it through. It's going to be great. It's going to be fine. Um, and for those that are also starting to get their hours, honestly, I'm, I'm starting to get my hours. Like I said, to be a therapist, even though I already did my hours to be a school psychologist, mm-hmm. I just separately. Um, how many so hours do you need? You're doing, you're doing your hours. How many total are required? Yeah. I need 3000 hours to be a, uh, therapist. 3000 hours. To be a school psychologist. I needed, uh, 350 hours. I believe that might be wrong. But around 300, 350 hours to be for my practicum and then 1,200 hours for my internship. So about 1,500, 1,550 hours to be a school psychologist. Um, so I have to have a lot of hours of internship and practicum to be able to even get into these fields. So um, I, have a, I have a quick question, yeah. though. When you say hours, does that mean hours one-on-one with a client? Is that when the clock is starting? That's a good question. No. So as a school psychologist, it's basically one-on-one. Uh, so the hours that I had to get to be a school psychologist were directly working under a school psychologist. And I, I basically got them with the work that I did with my supervisor and my mentor at the time mm-hmm. that was accumulated by me doing assessments, also counseling groups, uh, individual counseling with students, helping with crisis, like I said, uh, ah. as a psychologist intern. Um, and this is all in the education setting. So I'm working at a public school. Mm-hmm. And then as a therapist um, for my LPCC, and I do believe it's pretty similar for if you're in California, there's also an MFT that's pretty common. And LPCC is a little bit newer um, in California. But LP, hours pretty- I'm sorry, LPCC L- stands for yeah. what, license? Sorry, LPCC is license, APCC is associate. Associate okay. is an Yeah. Okay, got it. Sorry, I might switch back and forth between those. But this, it's um, associate is an intern of an LPC, for LPCC. Okay. And then for an MFT, a marriage and family therapist, um, and uh, a professional clinical counselor, I know that some of the hour requirements are pretty similar, um, but it's 3,000 hours, and it's not directly one-on-one for every one of those 3,000 hours. I want to say it's about 1,200 hours or 1,500 hours, which I would double-check at the Board of Behavior Sciences. You can kind of double-check those things depending on the license you're seeking. Um, But... You can also get hours, the other half of those hours, through like case management or working with uh, one-on-one with your supervisor to kind of get that supervision. And also, I mean, there's a lot of things you can also be doing. Like I know that if you were working and doing presentations at certain conferences or, yeah, various um, base, uh, anything where you're kind of speaking and communicating with people um, about whatever career field or whatever field you're in you can also get hours. So there's a lot of different ways you can get hours, but there is a big majority of those hours do have to be one-on-one okay. with a client. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, yeah. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you for sharing all that information. So now like, just tell me a little bit now about what's next for Bria in this, in this field of counseling. What do you yes. have on the horizon? So, um, what's next for me? So I actually, like I said, I have begun my hours to be a full-time therapist. So I am transitioning right now, actually out of my school psychology job, sad. Um, I love working in the school setting. I love working with students um, and in education. Um, But like I said before, one of the things that I want to have more experience in is kind of that one-on-one with clients where I'm actually being able to um, you know, 
do therapy, but also um, have some of those, just the, the interpersonal relationships that I that you can build with clients compared to in the school settings. I do work a lot more when it comes to like assessments, being able to see how I could support students, which is amazing because I, I love trying to help my teams figure out how we can best support our students with special needs mm-hmm. um, and, and our students with mental health issues in our schools. But I would love more, like I said, to kind of have that one-on-one experience. So I'm, I'm transitioning out of school psychology at the end of June, mm-hmm. and I will be going full-time into um, just getting my hours full-time until I hopefully finish those in about two years um, to be licensed. But yes, a lot of what I, um, a lot of what I do um, right now, because I have started to build some of my hours through my church fellowship, Monrovia, mm-hmm. um, and I am going to possibly be moving into getting my hours under a supervisor through a private practice in the next couple months. So yeah, awesome. And then and then ultimately that would lead to you one day having your own private practice or that's the goal for myself okay that is my goal and I love the flexibility of you know whenever I have a private if I were to have a private practice I love that flexibility Uh um where I'm able to take clients when I feel like I I need to or when I want to and when would be the best for me while also maybe still supporting in schools since I do have that expertise and the thing is when you're a school psychologist um, again, for those that might be looking at this career, it's such a niche field that nobody else can really work in unless you have a school psychology degree. Mm. So I'm still able to kind of hopefully consult with school districts in the future um, because I have that understanding and expertise. Mm-hmm. But possibly having a private practice where I'm able to take clients on my um, own. And yeah, so I, I definitely too, I want, I if I'm I want to make sure that if anybody is interested in any sort of counseling or therapy that they're able to, maybe we can add a link at the bottom of this episode just to see who they can kind of, if they, there's a, a list of referrals for therapists. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if someone um, wants to reach, reach you, how is that, is that something that you can do right now or can someone yes, reach out I'll to you? Yes, I'll definitely provide you with my Instagram and my, um, which I'm, I'm actually going through with my supervisor to make sure I provide the right Instagram because I have to make sure right. <laughs> there's certain criteria that must be met since I am technically under supervision right now. Uh-huh. So is this, is this some, can we put that in the description, what my link Absolutely. would be? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> then we'll do that. Okay, perfect. Yeah. yeah, we'll go ahead and provide that information for anybody that would want to reach out to me. Awesome. So as we begin to close this out, is there anything that you want to share that perhaps I haven't asked? Is there just Anything off the top of your head that you want to just leave as a closing comment? Yeah. You know, I think um, because I think about this podcast being for college students specifically, Uh and I just would love to kind of let our college students know that everything's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. It's all going to be okay because, like I said before, college is a hard time. I think it's almost like that crossroads in our life where we're trying to figure out what we want to do, what's our next step. And it feels like the end of the world sometimes when we don't think we have an answer to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not. It's not the end of the world. There, After college, there are still going to be experiences you have that might still change your course of whatever career you go into or whatever things that you feel like you want to be involved in. So just continue to, like I said, prioritize yourself and your needs um, and no matter what careers or whatever, th- whatever work you go into that you 
keep that in mind. Prioritizing yourself is um, number one while also, um, yeah, making sure to keep in mind that whatever's best for you is and whatever's meant for you will, will come through. So, yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for their closing comments. And thank you for joining me today on the Academic Survival Podcast. And um, I just want you to, I just want to just wish you the best in your endeavors. And um, and if anyone needs to get in touch with you, they will have the information at the end of this podcast. So thank you so much, Bria Edgar, for joining me today. Yes. Thank you so much. for today on Academic Survival. If you want to share your story on how you survived your freshman year of college, you can reach me at info at chandralmcdonald.com. We'll be back next week with more ways to survive your academic journey. Until then, happy studying.